Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. How's it going? Pretty good. Got really into the Americans. I fucking love that show right now. Oh, yeah. I never watched it, but... Okay, I know me and Steve have discussed it before, but have you uh, ever seen the uh, show Turn, the story of Washington spies? <laughs> um, yes, here and there, because I put in for a lot of casting calls. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, I never, yeah, yeah. never made they, it. Yeah, because I mostly filmed in... I don't know. It's like that, except like communist in the 80s. And like, it's in the 80s. Yeah. And it has actual likable characters, which I think is a huge innovation for television. Uh, But it's like similarly like goofy and stupid. There's like this one episode early on where, yeah, it's these spies, Russian like deep cover agents working in America and kind of posing as a married couple, but also living as a married couple and they have kids and shit. And there's one episode where they're trying to like work on each other, like work on their marriage and shit. And then uh, Reagan gets shot and now they have to figure out whether or not the KGB did it and deal with the fallout. It's great. Hey. Yeah, Yeah. great show. Bonnie, may I just say that you are smart, clever, and brilliant. Thank you. I'm not against this. Infantilize me all you want by fawning about my fucking brilliance. Yeah, the problem is that joke's already old, and by the time this like goes up, uh, no one's gonna remember. Wait, what? I don't. Yeah, there was there's this like dumbass woke Twitter take from a couple of days ago uh, that. Oh yeah, like don't specifically point out that a woman is clever or things like this. Kind of don't uh, call a woman smart clever or brilliant because it's like infantilizing or some shit but it's kind of trying to like i think co-opt the conversation around like calling a black person articulate yeah yeah it's definitely trying to do that like shut the fuck up tell me i'm fucking beautiful and brilliant all you want frankly i'm the type of person (laughs) thank you uh but i am the type of woman that frankly inspires uh people to feel like i gotta cut this bitch down a notch or two so (laughs) I am um, which is which is what women want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be uh, put in our place, to be um, cut down, put in their place. That's talked the, over. I find they love. The, <laughs> that's, they that's absolutely the, love when you. No, that, that's the feminist course. This is time out. We've discovered that this is actually it was collaborative like, overlapping. Yeah, or, I think uh, that was it. Anyway, point is, whenever I interrupt Bunny, that's part of my Jewish culture. So you can't yeah. get angry at me for it. I <laughs> or else you're our- being anti-Semitic. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> and every time that I'm stubborn, it's part of my German heritage. I mean, uh, that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Germans have no hair. <laughs> we don't yeah, have no, hair. That's part of the reparation for World War II. Yeah. Is that Germans gave up any yeah, they, right, you, right to a heritage. Yeah, no. And, it's, and it's, that went uh, really well for them. Yeah, no. Uh, beware of Greeks who offer gifts and beware of Germans who talk about their culture. That's what I say. Uh, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Bobby Shmurda is free and home, which is great. I've okay. celebrated by listening to his song Hot and we're you know, nothing else has happened. Actually, I thought there was gonna be nothing to talk about and then the last three days happened. What what's happened? Bomb 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 do you not pay like you have a television with the news on. I know I you have do. Twitter, which is better than television, and yes. You uh, thought we were just Do you just you missed all the jokes about like. Do you have amnesia oh, about the Bi last Biden, three days? Biden gonna go around bomb Iran for get her money. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Syria and all that. Yeah. Or is yeah. this part of your Jewish heritage yeah, to forget? Syria. Yeah. No, I mean whatever. It doesn't affect me directly, so I don't give a shit. Yeah. No, the imperialism happened. That's bad. I'm still provoking a few liberals out here by simply lightheartedly joking about when is it okay to criticize joe biden it fucking sucks because in reality i would prefer for all of these dumbasses to be able to be like see he did this thing in your face i want something good to happen i can't even celebrate how correct it has been w funny watching the uh response i think it's more interesting the disillusionment like what you're going through, Bunny, to watch other this people's is like my disillusionment. Fifth disillusionment, though. Like this is, I guess, I'm discovering that there is a small part of me that like does want this bullshit to be true. I do want it to be like, oh, it just gee gum golly, it just took a long time of all this hard bipartisan negotiating work and la da da da. Like some irrational part of me, I guess the part of me that wants things not to, you know, suck. <laughs> it's just like desperate. Where even in my biting criticism of Joe Biden, where I say things like, LOL, where's my money, Joe? This is what a lot of people are experiencing, where it's like very lighthearted sort of relative mockery of Joe Biden is being, you know, predictably not now, you know, if not now, when? Yeah. <sighs> is this but, uh, Jokerfication part three? Four? Yeah, this is... <laughs> um, it seems to have come in like waves because for some reason people thought he was going to push for $15 minimum wage. Uh, for some reason, the reason is he said he was. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he, did, he did literally say that. So uh, For some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he said that. I would have just not said it. <laughs> yeah. like, I know. Well, I think this is the crux of it is that I'm in a place where... You know, I know people agree with this idea that uh, the establishment Democrats or what have you are uh, frankly not interested in any of these things for real. They're interested in telegraphing like they're going to do it to like have those couple of headlines come out. But ultimately, they don't really want to do it. 
And what sucks is that a $15 minimum wage itself is insufficient. At this point, you know, this is a like over 10 year old idea. And it just sucks to be told over and over again that like, oh, you're just armchair complaining or armchair quarterbacking or whatever. And I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like these narratives that anybody who's criticizing Biden from the left is this sort of like shitty bon vivant who's like doing this on a lark just to be a provocateur and uh, doesn't want to like, you know, get their hands dirty doing the hard work of what? Like oh, yeah. changing your frame on Facebook when it's a, an election time or like this is uh and I just talked about this last year with a lot of people that I volunteered with for Bernie where it's really annoying to have this thing over and over again where it's like, oh, you guys, just behind your keyboards. And in reality... The best like, is they consistently just act like it's a performative bit for people to, like, care about anything. I got what? called performative... For real. I got called performative multiple times on your wall, Bunny. Yeah, no, the, the uh, idea yeah. of having empathy for another human being is so far into these people, they would lock it in an overflow facility. But I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's it, very it's, ironic it's, coming from you. Yeah, it's so skeevy, though. Wait, the what's way ironic coming from me? The idea of being empathetic. Oh, yeah, no, I love other people. <laughs> that drives all of my politics. It's like my singular value that I hold most dear. Yeah, you're like the well, least the empathetic person I know. That's nonsense. <laughs> love people. Being mean is funny. Yeah. Uh, I do very much dislike, though, being told that I don't have any skin in the game. And then if I present evidence of a personal thing, it's dismissed. And like it's the disingenuousness of it where people that, you know, it's not just like random strangers on the Internet that say things like this. This is people I supposedly, you know, knew way back when and whatever, <laughs> but like accusing me of. And it's very bizarre because. It's not as if I'm out here, like, taking up so much space that it's like, oh, my gosh, you and your opinions. Why don't you do something worthwhile? Like, I say something lightly critical and it's like, what have you done? And I don't understand this. I don't understand. What is the logical conclusion of the what have you done thing? Because what if I go in that moment? Oh, she willikers, you're right. Tell me what to do. Like, they would have fucking nothing to yeah. tell me. <laughs> and, I mean, all three of us here have actually volunteered and you know it's not like we're dedicating our lives to something but we've all done some shit which is more well, than most people have done well and you know like we're not uh averse to calling a representative calling yeah. a fucking <laughs> a fucking business <laughs> what have you it makes me feel like i'm taking crazy pills because then it makes me want to go pause do you not know that just calling someone Something is not a backbreak. What are you talking about? And then you realize that these people are elevating these like few instances in their own lives or possibly careers where they're like mishmashing things they've done in a professional. None of setting. these people have done anything. <laughs> no, none of these people have done shit. It's just so bizarre to me 
how all of these things can happen over the course of these past fucking 18 months. And there's so little humility. <laughs> also coming at me, you're not doing anything. I'm like, we're still in the fucking pandemic, dude. What the fuck are you talking don't about? Don't even entertain them. What am I supposed them? to be? It, it reminds I, me well, exactly. I'm just the, saying, uh, if I were to entertain them, there's no answers there. It's just a bizarre no. I, I know what, and this is my problem: is they a don't know what performative means because their expectations of what is to be done is a performance. Like yeah. it's a performance of being a good citizen. It's a performance of being a Democrat or a good Democrat. It's all just a fucking performance. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what they've done. Their expectations are completely performative. And based on this performative, in a very literal sense, a performance of how they think of themselves as a good person in relation to politics. Yeah. And there is nothing about their actions or expectations that rise above what they themselves consider performative. What they mean is idealistic or what they think they mean is idealistic, naive, non-pragmatic beliefs in certain subjects that may not fall within the possibilities of what they consider to be parliamentarian politics. For instance, not bombing Syria because, you know, the Iranian people are the truly democratic country that we should defend and not the Americans. Or $15 minimum wage or overflow any other facilities. Yeah, overflow facilities or health care, which is what I got into the fight about that my belief that we should have an American uh, national health service is a performative thing that, you know, only works in this cloud, you know, pie in the sky. Oh, yeah, the, pie in the oh, sky. Living you don't know. Reality. You clearly don't know how to work the mechanisms of politics. And it's like, no, I just think things and you think things and you have a small brain and I have a big brain and I don't care what you think what you think of my opinions who the fuck are you yeah i mean it reminds me of the uh russell brand quote actually uh where he says yeah when i was poor and talked about income inequality uh they told me i was just jealous when i was rich and talked about income inequality they called me a hypocrite it's almost like they just don't want me to talk about income inequality so yeah it does it does not matter it's a it's a cynical fucking rhetorical the pressure on people to lie about their own experiences to like serve this greater narrative and to call that like a patriotism or something. It's just like fucking dude, it sucks. <laughs> um, I think also it, it sucks for me personally because a lot of these people doing this to me in my personal life are people which I had shared my times in the past, volunteering for Obama and <laughs> et cetera. Like, I really thought all these things were gonna change. <laughs> yeah, treat your friends like Louis C.K. treated jokes. It's frustrating because what it also reveals is like people's willingness to be completely disingenuous and bad faith and fucking condescending and rude to me. <laughs> like, like I have, I've been so vile that they're totally justified in like not even trying very hard to pretend 
to make some kind of overture. It's just... It's just like another cool police thing, you know? It's like a childish... I've got this list of things that I say about what I'm told is the quote-unquote left, and I'm going to say it. Why don't you criticize the GOP more? I'm like, what purpose would it serve for me to get banned to say I'd like to stick them like pigs? (laughs) You know what I mean? I've got nothing um, critical to say of the GOP because I don't... I mean, because you're a white nationalist. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, don't isolate that bit. (laughs) Like, I don't have criticism for people who are completely disinterested in my humanity from where I'm sitting, you know? I do have more criticism for the people who pretend to give a shit that just makes sense i mean what they can't reckon with is that donald trump is going to be viewed as the most peaceful american president of any of their lifetimes and that he will have done more to bring about peace in worldwide conflicts than any of their favorite candidates and that they're the warmongers for opposing him. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I, I, I don't fucking know. I haven't said something problematic in a ah. bit. Uh, let's talk about Meghan McCann's hair. What up with that, babe? Well, first of all, what is going on there? What sucks about it is I think all of these hairstyles would look very good on me. <laughs> But I'm a child. I have a really. Are you talking about uh, the glitter down the center of her hair? They were like rhinestones. No, it's been like three weeks of wild style choices. Lots of space buns, high ponytails to a point of ridiculousness. Uh, Yes, but a very glittery middle part is included in this. Some donutty top knots. I joked that it looks like her stylist got a hold of my eighth grade lookbook based on Sailor Moon characters. It makes her look ridiculous, but I would look amazing in all of them. I've just got a face for anime hairstyles, personally. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I don't know what she's saying these days. She's probably just projecting pictures of herself sucking Joe Biden's cock in the background of every view. Well, I'll, I'll get myself canceled and say that uh, I think Megan McCain can be attractive. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that. Her and Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm tired of living a lie. <laughs> God, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I want to fucking kick her right in her fucking throat. Like, I actually fantasize I about the two of them. Oh, yeah. No, same. Yeah. I mean, it's just a whole mesh of fake blonde hair. You want to bone yeah, Megan no, that's McCain? that's my new problematic position. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like all these people in my life personally, I'm like, I've moved on, guys. Get with it. I'm fucking poor. (laughs) I refuse to pretend I'm only suffering via my own failures, you know? Because that's the fucking pressure. And that's also the pressure of being like a working person who's dilly-dallied quite a bit with your professional managerial class of people. Like for myself, having gone to a prep school, uh, I have a lot of old classmates who believe that, what are you talking about, Bunny? You can just go to grad school. Just, you know, went bang, bang, boom. Why don't you just do this? As if I was like, I don't give a shit, guys. I'm just gonna fucking rock and roll and not do anything hard or responsible. Like, this is how these people see me. Like, I'm some sort of, like, wild child. What I'm actually, for given my 
resources over the uh, years. I'm actually quite responsible relative to things. So it's it's very frustrating. I think it's not just about the politics. It's like this thing where you're supposed to pretend you're not experiencing these things in your life, right? Like I was very supportive of Obamacare, of ACA, right? And then practically what happened was <laughs> I was being asked to pay hundreds of dollars every month for care I couldn't obtain or else. <laughs> like that's what functionally happened, even though, oh, yeah, give me the two sides. Back in the day, I'm totally for it. I'm supposed to lie about my experience there to maintain a sort of rah-rah go Dems. It's so boring. But when they ask me, like, do you have any solutions? I don't. I just don't want to be like, set things on fire. Things only, everyone. No people. A manageable fire. <laughs> See, I'm responsible. I'm excited for tomorrow. I know this will come out after tomorrow, but I'm excited for Donald Trump's glorious return. Oh, what's happening uh, tomorrow? He's giving uh, a speech CPAC. at CPAC. Oh, right, right, right. And CPAC has just been off the chain for the last yeah. two, two days. I haven't watched any of it, but the few reports that I've heard trickled in, like <laughs> Holocaust deniers giving speeches awesome a plus kara gafoil gafoil uh, uh she's just like the, the lady like, benito uh, yeah she's just dancing like she didn't write a speech you know just trying to like buy herself time that's what it felt like uh, <sighs> but no he's coming back and i'm here for it i don't know if you're ready for trump 2.0 this will be like his Napoleon. It'll be this will be his. This will be like his pre-Waterloo. Well, no, it'd be the hundred days. Is what the hundred yeah, days? Yeah, pre-Waterloo. Yeah. yeah, no, it'll be like uh, when Hillary Clinton got out of the woods in upstate New York and read that book. Yeah. Uh, Any predictions on what he's gonna say? Because it doesn't matter. This will come out afterwards. I think it'll be funny. Well, he's obviously still won the the twenty twenty election. Mm-hmm. I think we can all safely bet that does he announce that he's running for president i think that's the plays everybody is expecting yeah, maybe uh, i just know that the stage looks like a thulian rune and then that yeah, led me to yeah, look up thul and then i got down that rabbit hole yeah it's a little too on the nose in terms of making the republican party the national front of america mm-hmm. which would be a good rebranding I'm just saying. Yeah, possibly. It's worse for them. Have they had Le Pen come in and give a speech yet? No, I mean... You think they'd have Le Pen yeah. come in and make why, a speech? At why, why wouldn't they? They had uh, Bolsonaro's son. Really? Yeah, but like having a hand in shit is not the same as some French fucking bitch. Yeah, but like that's... <laughs> I mean, who's really running the CPAC? They're too simplistic. This is what's frustrating is that, like, it's not sophisticated. It's like, if you had anyone looking at these people neutrally, they're very predictable in their things. And I don't, I think they're still, uh, they wouldn't have the pen. She's French, period. They just stick to actual buddies. They maybe tried to help with coups and uh americans i think if i were the republican party i would start bonding with far-right national parties from europe as like a global initiative for far-right well that's what steve bannon was was i mean like quite demonstratively like he did that (laughs) um 
he went and met with many prominent white nationalists or far right ethno yeah and linked up and linked up with the Falun Gong too oh yeah He's like, He's like, how about that communist show China? Me that, show me fascist Tachi. <laughs> <laughs> or I, or would he pronounce it weird? Tachi. <laughs> China. I don't know. The, the House passed a $1.9 trillion thing last night. Mm-hmm. That's boring. Right. Oh, well, and everybody this week learned about the parliamentarian, which is what the $15 minimum wage, like not being included is essentially being blamed on this person who could be ignored. She's just kind of like a fucking nerd who's there to be like, actually about procedural yeah. stuff, right? More or less. She's supposed to be bipartisan, et cetera, so forth. I think in 2001, the Republicans just replaced that person because they were like, you yeah. can't do this. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. But because the Democrats are fucking inverted nipples of scrubs, uh, the anti-bullies, uh, they can't do anything like that. So they're like, oh, gee, boys, the thing we didn't ever want to do, definitely, we can't do it. It sucks. Because really, we need $25 an hour. Should be yeah, the push. Easily. And Kamala could easily just force it through. And yeah, she won't do it, uh, even though she campaigned on it. That's a good thing. I'm here for that. I'm here because I think any and all of this is just disillusionment time, <laughs> which doesn't necessarily go to the GOP. But, you know, I think it's a raising consciousness of the impotence of the Democratic Party. We're all accelerationists now. Yeah, let's... I don't know. Mm. Call capitalism schizophrenic and still. Have you been reading Deleuze? No. Never read Deleuze. I might read Deleuze at some point, but. I want to get into an accelerationist tangent in my reading series. Yeah. Let's just all read Fang Numino. That'll be fun. Machinic Desire. Yeah. Neo China. How is China doing? Are we at war with them yet? Are we going to be at war with them? Are we? Is there a reason? What? What? What's happening in China? (laughs) Wait, actually, literally, what is? What's happening anywhere? (laughs) I have no idea where I am (laughs) or what's going on. I know. Oh, god damn it! There's a third vaccine. Yeah, the Johnson and Johnson and Janssen. It's gonna one dose, baby. It's like a LSD tab right there. Just, I wish. Did um, anyone else forget be, that Johnson and Johnson be, has a like hardcore pharmaceutical department? Because I did. I thought they mostly made baby food and like toothbrushes or something. I, I don't. I don't know. No, they're like one of the hugest. Yeah, apparently pharmaceutical companies in the world. Like they always call well, themselves and, uh, a family company. I thought they made families. Well, and that's why that movie, the Johnson and Johnson Air, made in the early two thousands, has been scrubbed from all existence because it was an inside scoop on how rich people really be. Uh, it was great. It was a great movie, and uh, these people freaked the fuck out. <laughs> um, if they added another one, I'd yeah. feel like they were a lawyer firm, Johnson Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, I, I thought they just kind of like made band-aids and shit. Oh uh, well. They've got like a bazillion yeah. subsidiaries. Like they make Neutrogena. They make fucking the baby stuff. They make a bunch of band-aids and first aid whatever. And I guess, yeah, pharmaceuticals. 
I hope one of the vaccines does something yeah, cool like to people. Grow though. a third arm. And then people would be defending the third arm people. That would be the new identity marker. I hope it causes mild allergic <laughs> reactions in some individuals. I'm imagining like a third arm uh, porn, like a whole. I'm imagining like full telepathy abilities. Suddenly, everybody who's gotten the Johnson <laughs> Johnson shot, they could do a little telepathy. And then get to okay, real but how much? How much telepathy is it? Like Stephen just King like telepathy? Useful, functional. Like Stephen King has a specific no, type like, of telepathy. Like oh, what was Dreamcatcher? Like Dreamcatcher telepathy? Yeah. Shining no, tele- telepathy, no. also known as Shining. No. Yeah. Not shine. Not the shine. I'd say like a very functional, practical intuition. A, a very suddenly it becomes like this. So it's like after you did like an hour of yoga and you just became more aware of your surroundings. Yeah, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is that it would be like a superpower, but it would feel mundane in the people experiencing it, right? Like it would be an elevated communication with your mind, but like the people who've gotten the shot, who've gotten (laughs) the superpower... It'll feel very, like, whatever to them at first. It'll take people a minute to realize they've grown Wait, so telepathy. will they think... Because they'll just they know when people... Wait, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, uh, I definitely am realizing as I talk about this, I've thought way too much about telepathy. <laughs> a disproportionate amount. Um, because I think in, like, fiction and in movies, when there's telepathy it's like you hear another person's fully formed sentences and things like that because obviously for a narrative structure you would need that but in reality when you're thinking it's not like that it's not like your brain's a little typewriter writing out a thought so if you were to gain an actual telepathic ability it would feel like somebody's lying it would feel repulsive in a way, it wouldn't be like blah blah blah. It wouldn't be like uh, what women want or whatever, <laughs> where Mel Gibson can hear what bitches are saying in their minds. So this Johnson and Johnson gives Just, you a vaccine, and yeah. then what happens when you're in the same room as I don't know your dog? Will it work on animals? Your vibes are just like fucking improved. What does that mean? I don't know. So what that you means. know, the same way you would. Be like, it's cold in here. <laughs> you would have like a sort of intangible, visceral feeling that you wouldn't have had before about what the dog wants. Okay, so you take the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and you're like, oh, I got this headache, but you know, I'm relatively okay. I walk into room with your dog, Zeus, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, shit, man. I feel like Zeus is hungry. Is that more of what you're talking about? Like this intuition that you just know that Zeus is hungry. Yeah. And not like you're going to, you know, make a bet with a loan shark about it. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, you're just like, you just have a hunch. It's the experience of uh, what some women say, having a hunch, but them all paying off. Right. And not just... You know, something that you're retroactively applying. This is how telepathy would have to work. Yeah, this is. I don't know. I've also. Way too. 
What do you think telepathy would be like, Marlo? Probably like uh, what the Andalites do in Animorphs. Yeah, you just <laughs> you, you just talk, but you, without moving your mouth, and people can hear you in their brains. It's all telepathy is. I want to imagine that it is just reading the text of their mind. What you well, were saying before. Be- bunny but doing it in the same way that you read a book where you like a can't understand half of it because most people can't understand whatever they read but also misreading and interpreting Mm -hmm. things based on various clues that you get from being around somebody this all sounds like a fucking uh Wittgenstein shit well this did come up in Zizak's book on Elon Musk and the brainwave, wasn't it that Elon Musk wants to power things through brainwaves? Yeah, he's been talking about brain chips for a while. Brain chips. And Zizak's problem with that is the way the mind works isn't an exact science. Well, yeah. You know, there is a self. We will, because. Apart from the self which is filtered through a number of like processes that we must go in order to tell our body in order to do something. Well, and we have obviously a limited understanding of those things, but the research that makes the headlines and, you know, gets funding is the flashy kind of research that implies. Yeah. Crazy Just shit. had a breakthrough. Brain um, chips don't work because of some confusing Lacan shit. <laughs> but it, it's the same way people treat the idea of like DNA testing as if it's this um, infallible science. source of information when really, yes, it's science. Like every time I see somebody post about like, oh, the Catholic Church says like this thing is a relic of, you know, it's Mary Magdalene's skull. And oh, they won't let them DNA test it. And like the best you could do is like carbon dating and see like, okay, Um, how old is it really? But you're not going to be able to tell what this bitch looks like. Like any of this other nonsense that people project onto the idea of DNA testing, of forensics, because it also is the CSIing of the imagination. Where and from the Catholic Church's standpoint, it's like they let people carbon test the shroud of turin and that ended up being bullshit so they're not doing that again why would they do that that's stupid yeah but what would be cool is if some sort of nefarious rogue went and like scraped a little bit of that skull off secret like to test (laughs) (laughs) somehow break that glass uh they keep all these skeleton parts in glass Yes, that is what they're called. Does the Orthodox yeah. Church have relics or does God not love them? Oh, oh, I believe I've spoken of this before, but we do hardcore relics. I myself have been to the tomb of St. Dionysius. I have kissed his lightly clothed mm. corpse feet on the island of Zakynthos. He's a relatively recent saint, so it's not this like grandiose like time of Christ implication like it is with a relic that's supposedly Mary Magdalene's. Do you uh, guys have pieces of the true cl- cross, part, or did they all go? Of course! 
course. Um, hello, what do you think Constantine's mother Helen did? She magically found where the true cross mm. was buried. <laughs> That's a very important Orthodox lore, as many Orthodox churches are indeed St. Constantine and Helen, mother and son, together, mm -hmm. saints. And of course, Constantine being the emperor who right. Christianized, because he had a vision, he said. And then his mom magically, like I said, found where the true cross was buried. But yeah, so the more recent relics, which are incredibly well-preserved, that's part of the miracle, is that St. Dionysius's corpse is miraculously well-preserved without any intervention. But also his feet are sticking out of the tomb and he's got these slippers on and the legend is essentially his spirit gets up and walks around and like helps people who are lost and like he walks on the beach and then the slippers wear out on the corpse, right? So they've got to keep replacing them. So they sell pieces of the worn out slippers i got a piece in my jewelry box if you guys are interested but we don't cover our corpses it's a straight up corpse we see the whole thing a lot of the catholic relics are covered in wax or they're they're gussied up in some fashion there's a lot of just pieces there's like a finger bone etc i think i also saw the relics of saint andrew when i was in greece some piece of an upside down cross I don't know. It's all pretty metal and super cool. And I fucking love skeletons. This is a canonical truth about me. If I've got the opportunity to be in the same room as a skeleton, I'll do it. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about skeletons. I like, I like skeletons. I like ghosts more than I like skeletons. Yeah. Well, you know I'm a ghost head too, but I don't think I really discovered this about myself until I visited Rome and I went to see quite a few, you know, you go to see a ton of art. A ton of this art is in churches. In the churches, there's also relics. And <laughs> I found myself so psyched <laughs> when some church I went to to see some famous sculpture or painting was also where some holy person's wax-covered skeleton was kept in a glass coffin. <laughs> Love it. Also, there's a really cool thing in Rome called the Capuchin Crypt. It's just a bunch of bones all decorating the inside yeah. of this crypt. But uh, that's just because I'm like, um, I'm just like a lazy goth person <laughs> at heart. Like, I'm not going to do the whole thing, but I do love skeletons. And bats. Oh my gosh. I really want, there's a thing in Greece where it's lucky to have a little bat skeleton. And I want one so That's bad. <laughs> I've been like trolling these little bat skeletons that are in these glass like cases forever. It's not like I have a nice, beautiful wooden desk that I work at that I would put this like weird thing. One day I'm going to have me a bat bones. I don't know, but do Protestants have... No, because they don't worship yes, like, idols. Is there... We can't have nice things. Yeah, they have... You guys don't they have, have as a much relic. Magic. It's called a personal relationship with Jesus. Also, we have uh, just our own sense of... Not being lack, pagan. Yeah, lack of fulfillment, I think. Just our own suffering to meditate on. Following the Ten Commandments... Unlike some religions who decided to just continue to worship dead statues. And skeletons. And like gods that don't even have a third dimension. Marlo, did you send Bunny that lecture about Jesus? Oh, well, no. I mean, I did mention it to her. Well, I didn't mention that specific one, but that dude's like whole series. I, I really like the guy, and I think you would too, Bunny. 
I'm only standing here about Jesus. Hey, um, yeah, especially if I can imply that he never existed. Which he did, and that's um, like one of your worst takes that you hold. But um, yeah, no, it's why would he have to re- actually well, yeah, have but like, Why I mean, does he not? If you also think, why must he not exist? Like that, it just kind of Occam's razor. There was probably a guy named Jesus at some point. So, was there a guy named Heracles? Maybe. Hercules wasn't was like there a as fucking guy? Like specific. There was a specific moment in first century Jerusalem where a bunch of people were pretty sure this guy lived thirty years ago, and many of those people like would were old enough to say that they met him. I, I don't know. It just... It, it seems like a large conspiracy well, anyway. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty wild set of... But I'm saying there's all kinds of belief systems that are centered around a figure that isn't necessarily right. treated as if it's got this histriosity and I don't think it's fair to mix it up with other figures that we know for sure fucking existed. You know, and there's several figures we know for sure fucking existed at the time. Right, but Jesus supposedly we have living. about as much it's, evidence it's not, as you'd expect for some random Palestinian peasant. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cute to random Palestinian, yeah, whatever. The idea that he, like, he for real existed did. in this very limited <laughs> I'm just state. saying he probably did. Like, all things being equal, there probably was, I don't know, or everyone in, like, 60 AD decided on the same thing at the same time. I just... Wait, am I the only atheist on this podcast? I'm effectively You're not an atheist. atheist. No, you're not. You've maintained agnosticism since you argued with a bunch of fuckheads when we were 18. Right, but like it literally doesn't affect my life at all. So that, that is not the question of agnosticism either. It could be. I mean, see, that is right, that exactly is the position of agnosticism. Right, yeah, no, which I, is different than atheism. One hundred percent. I just I sort of live as if I don't have a faith, Bunny. I mean, for me, uh, I am really. I mean, you're culturally. In... <laughs> like, I am really comfortable with the fact that I don't literally right. believe. Uh, you you have anything, a religion but, uh, in the old sense of the term where it's an ethnic identifier, and that's what it should be. Yeah, I also benefit from not having a total monocultural background where my mom's side of the family fucking cuckoo cuckoo canadians who were grew up irish catholic and my mom's an atheist but you know my uncles are like very new agey pagan like etc so even when i've like dabbled with all this witch shit i never had the thing where some people are like "Ooh, witch shit is gonna solve all the problems i had because it was like just another thing that people could believe to me so you're saying you're Uh, a pagan but i also am 
Well, yeah, Greek Orthodox. Yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I only maintain the sacraments of the Greek Orthodox Church if I need to to be in someone's yeah, wedding uh, which and is, or baptism. Again, how uh, religion <laughs> ought to be, and the whole like Protestant notion that like you need to think things about the universe defines your religion is uh, horseshit. Well, and I'm somebody who's really interested in tying in, you know, extant rituals that I did in the Greek Orthodox Church with like stuff. I've learned about the ancient world and like how there are these connections that are sort of not really focused on because of how Christianity is and how there is an interest in sort of pretending like there's this hard break in Greek culture, I guess. So, but I'm also like one of these shithead people who, you know, I'll do hallucinogens and I think about yeah, we're all the religious universe on and funny. so what I'm just saying, like I'm very interested in yeah. stupid existential questions. Like this yeah, is something no, I, 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 I think, think about we all for fun. Kind of right? do that. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I went to law school with several atheist Muslims. And, like, like, that's 100% a thing that's real. And that's really where I'm saying I'm effectively atheist is I don't actually view my thinking about stuff to be a dispositive of a religious identifier. I think that the way I live my life, I'm willing to admit is sort of atheist. The way I think about it as well is that I've gotten a lot of personal value out of reading the works of certain atheists and etc. Even the fucking shitheads. Like there, There's a ton of things that Christopher Hitchens wrote that really resonated with me that I found fascinating. He was a fucking obnoxious history nerd as well and I always enjoy those things that he wrote about. And his atheism, even though he was a very smarmy kind of person and divorced from his later like descent into crazy neoliberalism or whatever his atheism his humanism was always it doesn't yeah i guess he was a neocon right he was one of the first he does it just there's like it's three people in the universe Uh, who can cogently describe the difference between neoliberalism and neoconservatism and they're all full of shit so I was always struck by the things he wrote often betrayed that he, like Marlowe, did care uh, a lot about people in certain ways. And a lot of his criticism of religion, of certain things, was very founded in exposing the harm that some figure or some belief yeah, system actually, had done like to actual fucking people. Yeah, actually, I'm going to because he just reminded right? me Christopher Hitchens exists. And uh, yeah, no, I'm absolutely not an atheist. I know. That's what I've been yeah, saying. No, yeah, my, my <laughs> entire religious identity is driven by nothing if not an enduring hatred of Christopher Hitchens. Well, okay. You huh? hate Hitchens more than you hate Dawkins? Uh, okay. Dawkins hate Hitchens at least Dawkins. contributed things to uh, no. evolutionary biology and the word meme. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Marlowe's agnosticism <laughs> is a complete reaction to new atheism. Yeah. And that has been true since we went to college together. He despised the new atheists and therefore was like, nah, I'm not gonna side with your signifier. But what you 
you do bring up about Christopher Hitchens is interesting in regards to what the video Marlo and I are talking about. That post-World War II liberal secularism, I would call it, is driven by a humanism that defines itself against Nazism. Whereas previous to that, the kind of secular liberalism or I guess anti-church stuff defined itself as a reaction to Christianity or well, response to Christianity. Yeah, I it think was is like the- this prior to World War II, the argument that this guy is making, the common set of beliefs was that Jesus Christ as an ethical and moral figure could not be argued against. And there was, you know, this notion, and during the Victorian era, you had uh, this genre of novel that showed up in England that was essentially a secularized life of Jesus. And there was this notion that if you were against religion, the problem was the church failed on its own ethical basis, that the church, you know, preached this idea of caring about other people, but was in fact quite oppressive to those people. And that was the argument for being secular or being atheist at the time. But there was this general presumption that the moral authority of Christianity was correct. And the problem was just Christians did not live up to that moral authority. Uh, Whereas after World War II, there was this general notion that the church completely failed during the Holocaust. You know, they're talking about these like broad ethical notions of, oh, premarital sex, purity, this, that, and the other thing. And all of a sudden the Holocaust happens and it's like, eh, maybe you guys should have focused more on like not being cruel to others. And it was this like general idea that the old notions of the church were not really a moral center anymore. And so what is the new moral center? And that moral center is not being Nazis. Basically the argument this guy's making. It's interesting. And the, uh, the guy himself, I, yeah, I mentioned him to you, Bunny. It's uh, Ryrie, or is his name? But he's this uh, English professor who specializes in the uh, history of Protestantism. He's got a bunch of lectures that I just landed on, and he's pretty fucking fascinating. Then the questions are related to communism is how do we feel about state-sanctioned secular or state-sanctioned atheism, which was sort of the communist critique i guess of christianity was to make the state religion be an absence of religion well that also like came out during the french revolution and stuff and i think a lot of the thing that gets lost especially on americans and anglosphere presuming protestantism is prior to the french revolution the catholic church was the largest landowner in france and they weren't using that land for cemeteries they were using that land to grow crops that they sold. The Catholic Church was, in fact, a giant fucking money-making enterprise, very openly. So opposition and secularism in those terms was, in fact, a opposition to this giant fucking corporation that existed. And it still is. And it should still be viewed as that. I I would push back. The Protestantism and the evangelism and the megachurch 
is a political enterprise. It's a political corporation that has gotten presidents elected. Yeah, um, I just and uh, I, it, I think that the degree of power has been just not even comparable to even the Russian Orthodox Church. And well, I was going to just say the Russian Orthodox Church also being against them was a political position. Right. The whole notion of anti-clericalism, it's not comparable to man jerry falwell is a reactionary asshole i don't like listening to the shit he said like there's like this kind of lost in translation idea of like french herbertists or even bolshevik anti-clericalism where the church as an entity it was a very different thing than has ever existed in the united states if you became communist premier would not support secularism. No, I I think enforced secularism has been the graveyard of many a revolution. And I think it's an unnecessary fight to pick. And I think that generally speaking in America, it's more of a hobby or it's a cultural identifier more than an independent power base that is the largest holder of property in pre-revolutionary France and that isn't subject to French law and basically can make its own rules and has huge tracts of land that's worked by serfs. I think the Catholic Church in pre-revolutionary France is more comparable to Walmart than Jerry Falwell would be my general point. And when you look at anti-clericalism in the French Revolution, you need to look at it more as an opposition to a mega corporation than just this oh yeah there are a bunch of superstitious dummies who like are anti-liberal yes certainly the entire idea of uh think about how there was state-sanctioned religion in the pre-christian roman empire as a means of state-sanctioned religion yeah, you had to agree that the emperor was yeah, no, they, divine, yeah, essentially. You could pretty, still do your other little uh, things. So long as you were willing to accept the emperor was a god, Rome was pretty okay with whatever yeah. you believed. The problem was the Jews could not fucking accept that the emperor was a god. It's like, literally, the Jews exactly. and the Christians had this religion that had this very unique at-the-time problem, which is you can't consider mm-hmm. the emperor to be a god like you're not any other religion yeah whereas previously the, the thing is is uh the new monotheisms have this they exclude all competitive heresies you can't there's no yeah, syncretism or syncretic whatever that word is it's also something said about the way we learn about religion and philosophy in the quote-unquote west versus the quote-unquote East, is that in the West, it's very exclusive of each other. So if you are one religion, you're not another religion. Uh, If you're adhere to one philosophy, it's at the exclusion of another. Whereas in the non-Western world, it's completely normal to have a more mixture of different religious traditions and philosophies. Attach a religion to anything. Christianity is an exceedingly weird religion that just happens to be the hegemon 
hegemonic lens through which the West looks at all religions. And it's a very skewed lens. Yes. I often think about like the little bit we know about the actual practice of paganism, pre-Christian religions in the Roman Empire, in ancient Greece, in, in Egypt. Like we actually have a very limited understanding of those things because one part is a lot of religious cults had a sort right. of you don't yeah, write that this stuff and down. The, like idea <laughs> that if you're just a regular believer you're not expected or supposed to know what you believe in. Like, it just, in the, the and I, I mean, the yeah. metaphor I always use, and it's a somewhat tortured metaphor, is the room is dark, so you flip a light switch. You don't know what that light switch actually, how it makes the electricity go to your light or whatever. You just know that when you flip the light switch, the light comes on. If the light doesn't come on, then you do another ritual like you try and replace the light bulb. Again, you might not know how a light bulb works. You just know replacing a light bulb will make an otherwise non-working light switch work suddenly. And if it still doesn't work, you call an electrician over to look at it who has knowledge you don't have. And that's how like a lot of religions work is you don't need to know who God is or how any of this shit works. You need to remember a couple of prayers and rituals that you perform. And if that still doesn't work, you call a priest who has this knowledge and they'll handle it for you. Yeah. <laughs> You're not there to know all that shit. It's Christianity and especially Protestantism that has this very strange belief that every believer is actually expected to understand this shit and like literally profess these beliefs it's very interesting because um growing up greek orthodox like there's a ton of things that i associate with being greek and whatever that are technically like not sanctioned by the church because they are like folk magic extra christian um beliefs but you're not going to tell an old greek lady shit about the evil eye etc <laughs> like that it's real it's the same as jesus is real and don't you guys go telling these old greek ladies i'm talking about how jesus is not real <laughs> there's definitely a few who still care about my uh um, soul. but yeah no check out this he um, has this one video on the um history of the dutch reformed church in south africa being the main like ideological driver of apartheid mm -hmm. that's super fucking fascinating if you don't know about that subject yeah he's, he's an interesting guy he's like just this historian who like focuses on the history of protestantism how is it that england went from being extremely catholic to then some king needed a divorce and all of a sudden they're the most anti-catholic people on the planet like how did that actually work out and like all the, yeah and all of a sudden every See, fucking english person it. is convinced that like the pope is sending evil agents to like take their women away whereas like 20 years prior they were all catholic mm -hmm. yeah no it's like odd shit like that where it's like yeah i never actually knew that and it was always something i was interested in dutch reformed church is interesting as shit fucking mandela god bless uh robert mugabe i'm just gonna say it. um uh, mandela should have abolished the <laughs> dutch reformed church he should have like started a cultural genocide of the Boer people. Yeah. <laughs> like literally <laughs> the only good thing the English have ever done in history was uh, throwing a bunch of white South Africans into camps.
Well, they're, they're yeah. Dutch. Well, they and the Afrikaans aren't even really right. Dutch. It's just if called the, like they're they're like their own fucking horrible bastard thing. Yeah, Meanwhile, like the Dutch subset? are like just the worst fucking people on the planet. Like it just like one you call your country the Netherlands. Some people might accidentally call it Holland, and you angrily correct them and say, "No, we're the nothing land." The Netherlands. I will say the Dutch people of today do try to make up for it by being incredibly nice people. They're oh, very polite. They've low-level committed, and, uh, like, multiple genocides yeah. over the years. The Dutch East India Company was theirs. Exactly. And it's like That's they know it. called the Dutch East India Company. That bad guy... Sissel uh, Rhodes, much. wasn't he a Dutchie? Yeah, Rhodesia. Isn't Dutchie uh, yeah, okay. a pejorative yeah, or a Pennsylvania Dutch? They're thankfully not even that. <laughs> they speak like basically just German, but they have to make it like their own shittier version. They've invented the like just the most depressing, mm -hmm. oppressive form of Christianity that's ever existed. They live in fucking swamps. They also invented the stock market somehow. They're, they're just like the worst fucking people ever. They used to Even be old so New short, York was once so New Amsterdam. Now. It fucking sucks. And all the streets are named after their fucking people. Yeah. Vanderbilt, Van Wick, anything with a van in front of it. Yeah. All the, the kills. The Vanders, the Vans, the Van Burens. In Staten Island and shit. They're like singularly responsible for like apartheid finance capital and again the worst version of christianity that's ever fucking existed i feel like we should do a real bracket I, situation I, i'll do that. it dutch calvinism sucks ass we'll reverse engineer yeah, no, dutch, dutch calvinism, calvinism i guess <laughs> um, what is the second worst christianity yeah, well, okay, like a there's a whole fucking Calvinism? tier list of Calvinism <laughs> alone, of which I would say South African Calvinism is the worst, and then Netherlands Calvinism is the second worst. Then you have the rest of Calvinism, which what is all terrible. What about a gradually enforced state where we phase out various religions by taking over their places of worship and re-educating them. I yeah, will. You gotta understand that that's like not gonna work. People want to believe their no, own I will absolutely in their own fucking heads. For uh, replacing they, the Dutch Reformed they, Church in South Africa with Anglicanism oh, just to piss them off. Bunny, that's where the re-education comes in. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm I'm clearly uh, the most atheist and believe I that have, I uh, have, religion is a bad thing. Yeah. Well, I have some complex things that really come from a somewhat feminist angle where I think historically women have a different relationship practically with religious belief, not with religious as like a corporation or a, for an arm of the state, etc. But Oh, like, Midwestern I Lutheranism. Lutheranism you know, from the Midwest is the second. There you religion. go. Because <laughs> their food is trash. Yeah. Um, I do think, though, like the same way Mario's got some criticism of new atheism, uh, a lot of my criticism of new atheism, it's not just that these individual men who are associated are. with new atheism are misogynists, which they are, but it's that there's a facet of the 
binary that they impose onto religious belief that is inherently misogynist. I mean, that's why someone like Christopher Hitchens in the fucking 21st century wrote an essay about how women were fundamentally not funny and we all acted like that was totally legit. Oh yeah, we should debate this for real. So that is an aspect that makes me uneasy with the idea of re-educating because um, I don't trust typically the people who would propose such a thing. And I feel like there's an element, there's an aspect of women's experience within cultures, within religions that is somehow ignored and underserved. And there's something complex there. I don't think everybody views quote unquote religion like the same way. And at least for me, in a real life sense, when Marianne Williamson was running for president, et cetera, I'm in the meme sphere out here. But I found a lot of people who identified as like post-secular left, who were really sort of turned off by an overcommitment to secularism in a way where it was affecting how they view the politics and uh, i don't know uh, i think there's a it's hard to put it all in one box i guess but for me i'm very comfortable having been raised in the greek orthodox church and like kind of being like a nerd about the church and its rituals and shit itself but also feeling no literalist need to follow all the rules and maintain all the things like i, I still will call myself greek orthodox in a certain context I don't know. I, I feel, uh, I view the, uh, post secular spiritual movement equally as toxic as the new atheist movement. If we're only talking about the sort of corporatist army, yeah, if we're talking like, like new age, very grifter shit. heavy. I think a lot of people find a lot of value that isn't necessarily that they're fucking idiots or they've been tricked in certain belief systems, rituals, philosophies, etc. And I don't see the value in essentially telling those people that experience is bullshit and you're a fucking idiot in any context where we're trying to like build towards something positive. That is part of my issue with it. I also, again, think it's very dichotomous. And in that, there is a gendered element where on the one side, smart, secular, logical, science. On the other side, yeah. dumb, you know, fools, <laughs> uh, manipulated. Like, it, it's just something that I don't think actually gets us to a real place. It just, like, foments, like, a fucking boring old binary where it's fomenting a superiority complex instead of actually like helping people be better or helping them get distance from belief systems that are actually materially harmful to them but if somebody fucking believes in fairies and it doesn't do anything <laughs> negative to their life i don't see the value well see i in, do um well, i do see the material to the bitch who believes in fairies of, or the detrimental material effect to those aspects of society when it is used to justify an unquestioning or a lack of questioning of the things that harm them in the everyday. Well, that's right. something that just as easily... And I agree that they're both... Science is also... And like the right. scientific rationality, which they obviously kind of posit through an Enlightenment philosophy, through Nietzsche to this 
ubermenchian masculinity is equally as clouding or maintaining their um, uh, abolish science and religion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what I would abolish is um, the impulse to create a value hierarchy we- when we're talking about these things. What I see is sort of central to what gets in the way. Just going back to what we talked about earlier, just feeling the pressure to lie, to maintain some liberal fantasy is a similar thing where you're being forced into a narrative when is it useful or there's some assumption that somebody knows for sure what's definitely true about x and like for like certain things obviously we do know (laughs) whatever information we need to know we can determine what is quote-unquote true but the idea that there's like um, set it and forget it, okay? It's not which religion. was we'll the just, position. We'll just do all science now of uh, like post enlightenment thinkers. Well, yeah, but it's still fomenting, uh, creating a hierarchical structure, which is where we get a swing from like religious hierarchical structure to um, considering social Darwinism and like considering the ideas of evolution, but then taking it to a degree where they're like, let's do all these like weird extra racisms where it's not about actually seeking out the truth. It's about creating a story that is making a group or an individual or whatever feel superior to others. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm uh very uh, Octavia Butler on this uh, angle where I, I really zero in on unnecessary hierarchies. I've always been like incredibly like averse to them, very intolerant. Uh, it's why I've only been able to like work certain kinds of jobs <laughs> before I get fired because I'm very intolerant of like, you know, it's one thing if somebody's quote-unquote in charge to keep things literally safe because they're the person who knows how to make the things safe. But I just have to respect an authority of a manager at Trader Joe's. By the way, Trader Joe's is fucking up. Yeah, they are. Makes sense. They're fucking up really bad. I used, uh, I believe I've said so on this podcast more than once that I worked at Trader Joe's back in the day and I considered it one of the like better places to I mean, it probably still shitty is, kind of job like that. Well, now you can the... join me in the previously having worked at grocery stores that now are union busting, work hating extractors of profit to the detriment of the safety of their workforce. Well, yeah, and that's something that came out um, about that Trader Joe's issue. Right. They fired someone who sent a letter to the CEO. And um, he used this word, kaizen, which is like a Japanese concept of like constantly, little by little, improving your efficiency as a business and as an individual worker. And they make you like watch all these videos and shit about it when you work at Trader Joe's. But like, I've at least had to learn like three or four different fucking bullshit frameworks like that to just work at some goddamn place like a grocery store. I worked at a hat store once and they made me read Who Moved the Cheese? Which is a like business efficiency worker fucking bullshit kind of book. Yeah, man, it just sucks. There's no good place to work. There are no goodies. Oh. They're all baddies. Yeah, I also it's just realized I thought Octavia Butler and Ursula Le Guin were the same fucking person this whole time. For some reason, they are 
they're worth yeah, because I was gonna it, make it's like easy to conflate uh, or mix up in certain ways. That wasn't mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but Octavia Butler is like super, super in like every single piece of her work, just this like focus on like why do people create these hierarchies? And yeah, I mean, I mean, I get why because they benefit from them <laughs> or they're comfortable with it. I, it's why people defend Elon Musk, even though Elon Musk will never be nice to them and they'll never be rich like Elon Musk. They want someone like Elon Musk winning. It makes them feel good inside. Right. They like the hierarchy. Well, it's addictive. The only hierarchy on this podcast is that I am bright and yeah. beautiful and brilliant as the woman. <laughs> yeah. But then beyond that, we're all equal. See ya. Yes.